This is Localization Today, a podcast from Multilingual Media. Every week, we look back on the news from multilingual.com with a language industry specialist. What stood out? What are notable trends? How can we predict what is going to happen next? I am your host, Marjolein Groot-Nibbelink, publisher of Multilingual Magazine. After discussing a flurry in M&A activity with Jonathan Otis in my most recent episode, we reached out to Akalad about the acquisition of Ubicus that was announced on March 22nd. This is the 10th acquisition in Akalad's history, and the group has now passed the symbolic threshold of 2,500 employees. With a combined turnover of 330 million euros for the year 2021, Akalad stands out as one of the top worldwide leaders in the language industry. They were ranked ninth in this year's NIMSI 100. Olivier Marcheteau, Accolade's CEO, spoke with Multilingual's editor-in-chief Cameron Rasmussen yesterday, and I'm going to let them take it from here. You know, it, it seems uh, as we're watching uh, the latest uh, business news, we, we have merger and acquisition stories coming out just about every week. And uh, I'm, I'm curious what you make of that. Uh, obviously, the industry is in a place where in order to, you know, grow and meet demand, a lot of people are, are seeing the value in, in consolidation. Um, but perhaps you have a uh, unique perspective, I would imagine, you know, given your <laughs> first-hand experience. Yeah, it's probably more first-hand experience than unique expertise, but uh, <laughs> I would probably say there are three drivers to, to the current consolidation. First one is, I think, uh, actually probably on the customer side, which is mm-hmm. what we see is that... Uh, the globalization of, of the economies and, and commerce around the world, as well as the, the very fast digitalization is basically uh, reshuffling the cards and large companies want to make sure that, that they find a, an harmonized way to manage their contents. So they are looking for global partners. So I think it's a, it's a market shift where historically customers, even large groups would say, you know, translation is a second thought and something that we we can delegate at the country level and each, uh, each country is going to do their own thing and it's a low technology area. I think now you want to publish content across the world. You want it to be super consistent. The touch points keep getting uh, more, I mean, there are more and more touch points every day, uh, social networks, uh, website, mobile applications, uh, you, you name it. So, so I think this brings a, a different level of discussion and focus uh, on the on the enterprise customer accounts, where where they see the strategic value of content even better, and with content they get rapidly to the point of of how they manage translation consistently. It's it's a famous law of demand and and uh, an offer, <laughs> because there's demand, some people are trying to answer there. So that's that's yeah. trend number one. Trend number two is the technology shift. I, I think we we related to what I've just described in terms of uh, the need for fast, almost immediate uh, ability to, to manage your content worldwide. You, you need to have a, a strong technology stack to do that. And in parallel, there's the impact of machine translation and, and the ability to probably achieve a faster, lower cost results with those techniques. I, I don't think the customer cares that much, honestly, about the cost element. I mean, some do. Everybody wants to, to manage cost. But I, I think the, actually the speed and ability to really translate almost simultaneously your content across the world is a real driver there. But obviously that means you, if you want to compete, you need to invest. Uh, given what the trend is in terms of uh, 
salaries in the tech industry. <laughs> uh, it does mean that that if you don't have the right scale, you're probably in a, you're in an even more challenging position, obviously. Uh, and then I think people who have built small or medium-sized businesses see those trends happening, and some of them have to think about whether they want to double down and compete, or whether they feel it's it's the right time to partner. And and I, and I think uh, that's what we're seeing. So. so and then you have to be careful because uh, there's a lot of money on the market right now. I'm not a tendency to look at uh, acquisition price as being, uh, how can I say that? Like Because there's a lot of money, you can push prices up a bit, uh, not realistically. Uh, and then the, the second question is, is, what is it that we you really acquire? Like how solid is the customer base or the technology or the teams you acquire uh, versus just a, a business that has... A, lived through its best uh, period. I also think the COVID crisis brought uh, a few entrepreneurs to, to think that, I don't think the life of an entrepreneur is ever easy, but, but it created even more difficult periods and challenges. It, it accelerated the pace of change. So uh, I think all of that is combining with what we see right now, which is probably an, an, an ever seen before level of, uh, of activity. Which is good because it means we have even more work and we can have even more fun. So. I suppose that's a healthy way of looking at it too. Um, and can you tell just us a little a little bit about what that experience was like? Our ambition is to is to build a, a global leader in language services and content uh, solution. So let, let's say we are always uh, on the look for for potential uh, acquisition and and. Um, and we are trying to be both uh, strategic about it and reactive when opportunities come up. Um, and so Ubiquus is obviously uh, for us a, a well-known competitor. Originally, uh, I would say a French competitor, so a competitor on our home turf, but, but that grew into a, a global player. And, and um, I think we crossed roads several times over the past, uh, well, for me, the past two years, but for, for Benjamin Dufresset or... or shareholder and, and, and president probably for the last 20 years. So, so both sides know each other pretty well. And last year, there was an alignment of stars, as, as probably we can say, uh, and, and both parties felt it was the right uh, moment to enter and accelerate discussions. So we, we went into a pretty, I would say, typical dialogue, uh, discussing whether this made uh, strategic sense for, for both sides. And I think we well we we worked very uh, closely with the Ubiquus team for for a bit more than three months, and we converged on the idea that it would be a, a, a great uh, scenario for 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 both companies. And then, well, we we, we like to say we want to uh, extend our portfolio of solutions uh, to really become a, a, a full service multilingual content partner, and and Ubiquus is clearly an established leader for, for the past uh, almost 30 years, I think, in the transcription business, which we think is a, is a very interesting uh, additional business line to our, to our portfolio of solutions for, for enterprise customers. Um, so that's what strategically drove the deal. And then a lot of hard work, a lot of very good human connection that enabled us to confirm uh, the DNA compatibility of the two, of the two teams. And here we go. Well, there you go. So um, as you mentioned, both companies here in this 
situation um, had, you know, developed their specific unique technologies. And can you tell me a little bit about what the process is like of integrating two technological sets like that? Is that something that that takes a lot of work or is it a fairly seamless process? It, probably a bit of both. Yeah. It does take quite some work as I would be, I would be, everybody in the industry would call me a liar if I was saying that it's completely uh, fast and smooth to uh, integrate and converge technology. I think everybody has their own, I mean, all, all the companies that have been there know what the challenges are. I think it's it's relatively easy to to identify what the the hand point is, which is like which of the technologies you want to play with long term, which ones really cut the cut the I mean cut the, the bar and really get to the level you want to get to. Mm-hmm. Then the whole the whole thing is about executing on the migrations. And 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 that's a combination of uh, systems connectivity and managing and transferring data across various systems and then getting the teams familiar with the new tools. Uh, so I think if we if we take the specific case of Ubiquus, I think on one thing we got pretty positive about when we looked at the opportunities. Uh, as I explained, I think what both Accolade and Amplexor, before we acquired Amplexor, have been busy trying to combine and package market solutions so that depending on the language pair and the use case or the vertical you're talking about, we could we could pick the best market available solutions to provide an empty uh, first translation uh, before going to post editing. So, so in a way, our, our effort had been about making sure we could pick and choose among as many solutions as possible. Ubiquus was on a, on a different path, which was really leading one of the, of the most visible uh, neural machine translation effort in, 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 the, in the industry. And they have developed uh, a capacity to uh, train their own engines and, and, and really come up with, uh, with proprietary machine translation that actually achieves a very, very solid uh, rating when you benchmark it with some of the uh, major players in the industry. So, so, so that one is relatively easy for us to manage uh, because it's just about adding another solution, uh, which is the Ubiquitous proprietary solution to a a technology solution on, on the Accolade side that has been built exactly for that purpose, if you see what I mean. And then s- some of the complexity will probably come later uh, and relates more to the uh, TMS and project management tool uh, uh, alignment. That one is going to take a bit more time. Yeah. And I'd imagine there are all sorts of uh, small details there that uh, everything takes time to to sort out. But uh that too is part of the process. And you mentioned earlier that uh, this deal is going to be um, great for uh, both companies in terms of the verticals that it that it opens up or uh, allows you to take better advantage of and, and also the regions that you'll be able to um, operate in. And maybe you can talk a little bit more about that. Yes. So obviously, I, I think we were already... Uh, uh, powerhouse in France on on the Accolade side and one of the leading players. So clearly in France, I think we'll get to a, a very strong uh, market position. And and um, two things for even in France, where where honestly the level of duplication of customers is relatively is relatively limited. They are bringing us a, a, 
an, I would call it an early position in geographies where we didn't operate at scale. Um, Canada is one where they, again, they acquired a company historically there that is strive, really doing very well. Uh, and we think we can probably extend their activities to uh, verticals where we, we have strong know-how on the accolade side, including uh, finance, legal. Same situation in Spain, where they, they also acquired a company there a while ago that, that probably can scale faster, leveraging some of our, of our complementary uh, verticals and, and, and know-how. And, and then in the UK, which historically has not been really a battleground for Accolad, uh, I think they have a very interesting uh, business that actually services across transcription, interpreting, and translation. We'll have a base to start from with what they have there. And, and there's a lot of growth to go after in, in the UK. And then the good news is we, well, we are already a significant player in the US. Uh, but thanks to the Amplexor acquisition and some of the past telelingua business we did there, but again, they, Ubiquus had a, a, a complementary presence with a stronger presence than we do on interpreting and transcription. So I think it will also enable us there to offer more services and scale even faster. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you mentioned earlier that uh, two companies here were former competitors. I'm curious what uh, what that experience is like when former competitors decide that it might be time to join forces. You know, is that uh, uh, it's got to make for some interesting conversations, especially at the beginning. Well, you know, you can be competitors with respect and 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 <laughs> for the other parties, if you see what I mean. So, mm -hmm. uh, and I and I think uh, both uh, both companies have, I think, a very entrepreneurial DNA. I think there was a, a lot of uh, personal uh, uh, connection on the entrepreneurial side between Vincent and Guyenne, uh, Guillaume Dumortier, the, the main leaders of Ubiquus, and, 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 and Benjamin and myself on the other one. So, so, so it's not like the companies have been uh, in a dogfight for 20 years, uh, looking at each other as, uh, uh, and throwing stones at each other. It, it, it's more two very uh, solid success stories in, in France and in Europe and now globally for us. And I think it's just a question of seeing whether the, the, it's the right decision for the business and, and, and for the teams at a certain moment in the development of the two companies. And I think it's also easier to have those discussions when, when the, this sort of very entrepreneurial, agile spirit is the same on both sides. So, so I think that is the, 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 the discussion. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You're listening to an interview with Olivier Marcheteau, CEO of Accolade Group. We'll be right back. It's time to reconnect at Gala's annual conference. Join Gala members and other industry professionals from around the globe in San Diego or online from April 24 to 27. Listeners of Localization Today get $100 off in-person registration and $25 off virtual registration by going to gala-global.org forward slash LTY. That's gala-global.org slash LTY. Gala Global. Expand your mind and your network. Offer expires April 18th. I uh, want to be respectful of your time because I know it's getting into the evening there. But uh, just uh, as a way of wrapping up, you know, as I can imagine that we're going to be seeing a lot more companies taking steps like this in the future, somebody who's got recent experience with it, uh, do you have any advice that you would uh, offer any business leader as they consider or take the first steps in starting a process like this? 
uh, is your question more on the seller side or on the buyer side? <laughs> I would put it first to the seller side and, and then I'll and maybe... keep my buyer advice for myself if, yeah. you, <laughs> if you allow me to because uh, but on the seller side I'll say pretty uh, I don't know how original what I'm going to say is but, but but the first thing is to be clear on, on the decision criteria for, for the sell is it mm -hmm. uh, is it price and that's fine some people are looking for a price uh, is it do you want to do you want to stay on and, and continue to uh, to drive your business after you've joined? How how ready are you to to engage with people who, who will be partners but will probably have a point of view on your business and try to help? So so I, I think there's this analysis. Part of that is very rational. Part of it is is a lot more about individual expectations. Uh, and then my other advice would be to say. Don't keep it as a bankers-driven discussion. I mean, the real secret sauce of a deal is uh, what happens between the two management teams. And the two management teams need to know each other before they start working after the acquisition. They need to, they need to be in, uh, in a place where both sides really know and understand what, what the other company has in mind. But also confirm that the fit—I don't know what to call it—the personal alchemy uh, can work between and the cultures of the two companies can can work together. And I'm not uh, not saying it's the only scenario. There's actually a scenario where you anticipate it's not going to work and you say you don't want to stay, which is fine as well in in some cases. But that's really what what makes a successful or unsuccessful process. You you have to be very clear and open both with yourself and with the potential buyers on, on what your, your, your roadmap and expectations really are. Well, I think that uh, is good advice to take away for anyone who is uh, considering a similar path. And, you know, I just uh, also want to thank you for um, taking the time to have this conversation. It's been a, it's been a pleasure and, and always happy to share experiences and, and, and engage with uh, people who help us uh, Tell the story of what of what this industry is doing and, and, and the value we create for both our customers and, and our teams. And uh, bonsoir, as we say in French, and talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Localization Today. To subscribe to Multilingual Magazine, go to multilingual.com slash subscribe.